Well, we're in a series called Tired, and I want to talk to you about enemies of change, enemies of change. And before we get into today's talk, I want to give you a quick review of last week's message. If you missed last week, encourage you to get online, listen to the message, watch the message this week, download it on your iPod, and, and listen to it. But I want to give you a quick review so that you can really understand today's message because they tie in together. And last week we talked about how God has a big dream for your life. And, and we, we, we dealt with how, how so many people oftentimes, they, 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 they just don't dream big enough. They, they don't have God's dream for their life. They think too small. They dream too small. And, and we talked about how you have to think bigger. We talked about how you have to dream bigger. We talked about how God has more for your life. And I want you to hear me today. God has more for you. Those watching online, God has more for your life. And we talked about how you have to dream bigger about your marriage. And and God has more for your marriage. Dream bigger about your kids. How God has more for your kids. We talked about how you have to dream bigger about your faith. God has more for you in your relationship with Christ. We talked about dreaming bigger in your career and dreaming bigger in your finances and dreaming bigger when it comes to education. We talked about we have to dream bigger because so many people Limit God because they think too small. And we talked about when you get this big dream from God, so many people end up sabotaging the dream that God gives them. So many people, and I didn't drill down on it last week, I just mentioned it, and today I want to drill down on that concept today. When God gives us a dream for our family, our career, our faith, our relationships, so many people start going down the path, and they end up sabotaging the dream. They end up stopping and killing their own dream. Listen to me today. We are our worst enemy. The greatest enemy that we fight and face in life is not Satan, is not our spiritual enemy, the devil. Can I tell you that he was defeated over 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary by Jesus Christ. And we've got victory over Satan today. We've got victory over the powers of darkness today. Our greatest enemy is not Satan. Our greatest enemy that we face today is the in uh, me, is us is the in uh me. We have self-destructive behavior that sabotages the dream. We have bad habits, bad routines that sabotage the dream. We've got sin. We've got low self-esteem. We've got stinking thinking. We've got small dreams, and we end up limiting what God wants to do in our life because of our own self. We're our greatest enemy. And friends, if we're going to accomplish the dream that God has for our life, we've got to conquer the enemy. We got to deal with the in uh, me. We got to get victory over the in uh, me. We've got to allow God to change the in uh, me and to transform us into the image of Jesus Christ. Friends, for us to accomplish the dream that God has for our life, we must be willing to change. And friends, hear me today. If you're here today 
and you think you're going to accomplish your dream without dealing with the enemy, if you're going to accomplish your dream without conquering the enemy, you are fooling yourself. You must be willing to deal with the enemy. You must be willing to change. <clears throat> Excuse me. And what I want to talk about today is three enemies of change. Three enemies of change. There's a dream. There's a vision for my family, my, my career, my marriage, my, 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 my future. I got, I've got a dream. But for me to accomplish the dream, I've got to be willing to change. And yet we've got to deal with the enemies that try to stop us from changing so that we can reach the dream that God has for our life. The first enemy that I want us to tackle today is when we keep doing the same things. When we keep doing the same things, there are a lot of people who keep doing the same thing year after year after year, and yet they expect different results. How many know that's called insanity? How many of you know somebody like that? They keep doing the same thing. Same thing in their life, in their family, their career. They keep doing the same thing year after year after year, and yet they expect different results. How many of you are sitting by somebody like that? Don't come on, don't raise your hand, just wink at me. Come on, you're sitting, come on. And they expect something different in their life. And can I tell you, it just doesn't work that way. You can't keep doing the same thing month after month, year after year, and get different results. And we understand this principle when it comes to driving. We get it. You know, if I was to give you directions to People's Church, how do I get to People's Church? Well, here's how you get to People's Church. Hop on Broadway, extension 235. Exit off on Britain Road. Go east. And you will see People's Church on the south side of the road. And I gave somebody the direction, well, I'll see you there Sunday. And then on Sunday, they decided to get on Broadway Extension. But they said, you know, I don't want to get off on Britain Road. I don't like that pastor's advice. I'm getting off on Memorial Road. And I'm going east, I'm going east and I'm going to find People's Church. How many know that's not going to turn out real well for them? And then, then they get mad and say, well, pastor, I tried to find People's Church. I exited off on Memorial Road and I couldn't find it. So, hey, 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 no, 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 no. You can't exit off on Memorial Road. Exit off on Britain Road and go east. Okay, 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 okay. And, and the next week they go, you know, I don't want to do that. Because I know on Memorial Road, the mall's on Memorial Road. It's more exciting on Memorial Road. I'm getting off on Memorial. And they do it again. And they get mad. I can't find the church. Where's the church? I said, did you, did you get off on Britain? No. I got off on Memorial. I want to get to the church by getting off on Memorial. You can't get to the church by getting off on Memorial. Get off on Britain. Okay, 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 okay. The next week, they do the same thing. They get off on Memorial Road because this time they say, there's Starbucks on Memorial Road. You go east or west and find a Starbucks. I'm getting off on Memorial and find the church. Now, how many know if somebody did that five times in a row, you started to think your elevator doesn't go to the top. <laughs> Something's wrong. You're never going to find the church by getting off on Memorial Road. And we get that when it comes to driving. But somehow when it comes to our life, we just don't understand this principle. Because a lot of people think they can exit off on Memorial Road when it comes to their life and somehow end up on Britain. You see it all the time, you know, somebody's marriage. You know, they, they, they don't respect each other. The couple, they don't love each other. They, 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 they talk bad to each other. Oh, that's just my old lady. It's my old lady. You know, my old lady, she can't cook or clean, but I... I'm still married to her. You know, you know, lady, I just talk bad about her husband. You know what I mean? Be in public, just, just humiliate him. It's no good. I don't even know why I married you. And then, 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 and then here's what they say. Here's what they say. This is going to be my best year of marriage ever. No, it's not. Not if you act like that. 
because you're getting off on Memorial Road. And I don't see how you think you can get off on Memorial Road and end up in Britain on your marriage. It just won't work. It happens all the time. People raising their kids and they think, you know what? I want my kids to end up on Britain Road. I got this great dream for my kids. It's going to all work out. And yet they keep exiting off on Memorial Road. They don't invest in their kids. They don't go to their kids' ball games. They don't support their kids. They don't teach their kids about spiritual things. They don't, they don't talk about the word of God with their kids. I mean, and somehow they think, you know what? I know I'm getting off of Memorial Road, but somehow it's going to all work out. Really? Really? You know, people do it all the time when, when it comes to addictions. You know, I got these addictions. You know, Pastor, I'm addicted. And no, I can't. You know, I'm addicted to alcohol. I'm addicted to drugs. I'm, I'm addicted to pornography. I got, I got these addictions in my life. And, but it's going to all turn out okay, Pastor. I'm going to reach my dreams. I, I'm going to be addicted and hide it. And, but it's going to, I'm going to, really? really? I mean, you think that's going to work year after year that you're going to exit off a memorial road and somehow get to Britain? I mean, it happens all the time. People, I mean, we get this when it comes to driving. But when it comes to our life, there's a disconnect. You see it happen all the time. People have this attitude. And they have an attitude with people, maybe people at work or people in the community, you know, people got, a, got an attitude, always mean and grumpy and irritable, telling folks off, flying off the handle, just anger issues, just flying off with people. And they think, I mean, you really think your relationship is going to be better? You think you're going to advance in your career with that kind of attitude? I mean, you think you're going to fly off the handle with that kind of anger? I mean, you're exiting off on Memorial Road and somehow you think you're going to end up on Britain? It just doesn't work. You see it all the time. Pastor, I'm going on a diet this year. I'm going to lose 25 pounds. 25, that's my goal, 25 pounds. But now every night, Pastor, I'm just going to eat a big bowl of ice cream. <laughs> big bowl of ice cream and put some Hershey syrup on top, some caramel on top, some whipped cream and some nuts. But now I'm on a diet, so I'm going to put some cherries and some strawberries on the tube and have some fruit. Have some fruit. Really? Now you think that's going to work for you, right? You're going to exit off a memorial. And get to Britain. And we do it all the time. And, and, and friends, can, can I tell you, many people can do, can continue to do the same destructive behavior week after week, month after month, year after year. And they somehow think they're going to still reach their dreams, still reach their God-given potential. And it just doesn't work that way. And friends, today, if you're serious about reaching your God-given dreams, and I know Many of you today, you're serious. Many of you watching online today, you're serious about reaching your God-given dreams, your God-given potential. I want you to know that you'll have to face the fact that there's some areas in your life that you need to change. You'll have to stop making excuses and start making changes. Stop making excuses and start making changes. And how many of you know we're all good at excuses? I'm, I'm good. Your pastor's good at making excuses, but we got to stop making excuses. We got to start making changes. You know, we start making excuses like this. Anybody ever heard this before? Well, you know, I'm just doing the best I know how. Really? That's the best you know how. Well, you need to get some new house because that's not working for you. And they justify it. I'm doing the best. No, 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 no. You can change. You can do better. You hear people say this. Well, 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 you have to understand that's just how I was raised. You know, I'm dysfunctional because that's how I was raised. And understand this, I get it, that we all in some ways are a byproduct of how we were raised. 
But I want you to know just because you were raised a certain way, you don't have to be trapped by your past. You don't have to be limited by how you were raised. You don't have to be gripped by the past of how you were raised. You can break out of that. You can change. You can be different. You can do different. You can think different by the power of Jesus Christ. You hear people make excuses all the time. Well, well, you don't understand what happened to me. You don't understand. I'm like this and I I can't do any better because of the abuse. The rape, the trauma, how people spoke negative over my life. And I want you to listen to me. Listen, because some of you, you're using that as an excuse of why you're not going to change and reach the destiny that God has for your life. You don't have to live as a victim. You can be a victor because Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary and he can transform your life, transform your thinking today. Don't live another day with a victim mentality. You can do better. You can be better. God is in the life-changing business. Just like you saw in the video, the lives he recently changed, that can be you. He can change your life today. You don't have to continue to do the same things, make the same excuses, and somehow expect different results. I like what the scripture says in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 22. This portion of scripture really spoke to my heart this week. I've studied and read it several times. It just ministered to me about areas in my own life that I need to change. The Bible says, how long will you simple, simple ones love your simple ways? And the reason these people are simple and they have simple ways is because they keep doing the same thing over and over again. And yet they expect to reach their dreams. That's simple. It's simple thinking. that They're exiting off on Memorial and somehow thinking they're going to get to Britain. That's simple thinking. He goes on to say, how long will will, will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? I mean, you're hearing, you've got to get off on Britain, but you you keep getting off on on memorial. I mean, you're hearing it, but you hate, you're foolish when you hate knowledge. Your marriage is not going the right way. Your kids, you're not making the right decisions. And somehow you think you're going to end up on Britain. That's foolish to hate knowledge. If you had responded to my rebuke, I've been rebuking you, exit off on Britain, exit off on Britain, exit off on Britain. But you keep exit off on memorial. I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. But since you rejected me when I called, I've been calling, I've been speaking to you about the way uh, you're, you're treating your spouse. I've been speaking to you about how you're investing in your kids. I've been speaking to you about your attitude. I've been speaking to you about your anger issue. I've been speaking to you about your faith and how you need to grow. I've been speaking to you about the addictions you're dealing with. He says, but, but, but you just rejected me when I called. You just kept doing the same old thing. And no one gave heed when I stretched out my hand. Since you have ignored all my advice, I've been giving you advice. Tweak this area. Change this area. Come on, you can do better. Change this. Don't, don't keep making excuses about your past. But you ignored my, all my advice. And when I accept my rebuke, I, turn, I, will, I in turn will laugh at your disaster. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm. Because that's what happens when you ignore biblical advice. When you just keep exiting off on memorial. And you think you're going to end up on Britain. You never end up on Britain. Calamity overtakes you like a storm. When disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind. When distress and trouble overwhelm you because you keep get off on memorial and think you're going to get to Britain. And it never works. Verse 28. Then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but I will not, uh, but, but will not find me. You know, you ever, you ever had that happen before? Well, you kept telling somebody a hundred times, here's what you need to do. And they never listen to you. And you're like, I know where this is going. I know where this is going. But they're simple. 
and they end up crashing their life, doing the wrong thing, and all of a sudden they want to call you. Would you help me? Like, I can't help you. I've been telling you. I got the same advice I told you last time. Get off on Britain. Verse 29, since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. Oh, God, help us. Help us to change. Help us not to do the same thing over and over again and eat the fruit of our ways. And our life be filled with our own schemes and devices because we kept exiting off on Memorial Road and somehow thought we could accomplish our dreams. We can't continue to do the same thing over and over again and expect different results. It's an enemy of change. There's a second thing that I want you to see. I'm going to teach you today. I want you to, I want you to be what God wants you to be. I want you to accomplish your dreams. I want 2012 to be your best year yet, but you'll have to make some changes. Number two is this, when we abuse God's grace. Well, one of the big things that keeps us from changing is when we abuse the grace of God. God begins to convict us about an area of our life. And some of you, that's happening. Man, God's convicting you about an area where, where you need to change to reach your dream. And, and you feel conviction. You feel the tug of, of the Lord. But instead of changing, you begin to justify your actions by using God's grace. Well, well you know, I don't. I don't have to change because God is so gracious. What a gracious God. He's such a gracious God. He'll just overlook my lifestyle. He'll just overlook my sin. Oh, thank God for his grace, 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 marvelous grace. Let's me exit off on Memorial Road. Thank you for grace. And, and we, we start living like that. You know, I just thank God for his grace, his gracious. I'm not changing. Thanks, pastor, for the message. I'm not changing. God is so gracious. And, and yet this thinking is so contrary to what scripture teaches. The Bible says in Romans chapter six and verse number one, Paul says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning? So that grace may increase. Shall we continue to exit off on Memorial Road when we know we should be taking the Britain exit? Shall we just keep on sinning so grace will increase? Just thank God for his grace. I'm going to keep doing the wrong thing. And somehow it's going to all work out. Verse 2. By no means. By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? In other words... We ought to change. We ought to change. Jude verse 4 says, For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men who change the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ our sovereign and the, our only sovereign and Lord. The, the, these men in this church, they, I mean, they, 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 they were talking, they were showing up and they were saying, listen, it's okay. Let's keep saying God's gracious. God's so gracious, you ought to just do some more. Go get it on. Go have fun. God is just gracious. And they changed the grace of God into a license to sin. And friends, when we do that, we sabotage our dreams. We kill our own dreams. 
when we change God's grace into a license to sin. The Bible says this in Titus chapter 2 and verse number 11 through 12. It says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us. What teaches us? The grace of God. The grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Check out what the scripture says. It says the grace of God doesn't push us to sin. It pushes us away from sin. The grace of God doesn't, it doesn't compel us to sin. It, it challenges us to walk away from sin, to change our lives. You see, if we're living by God's grace, the real grace of God, we want to be more like Jesus. If we're living by the real grace of God, we say, we know there's areas in my life that I need to change. God, I want you to change me to be more like you. You see, that's the grace of God. It compels us to change. And one of the reasons, one of the major enemies of why God followers, people who love God don't change, is they start using the grace of God as a license to not change their life. Oh, God, help us so that we can reach our dream and be all you want us to be in 2012, not to let the enemy of your grace cause us not to want to change. Number three is this. Number three is this. There's a third enemy, a third enemy. This is huge. This is huge. This is huge. This is keeping many of you from, from not changing and, and being all God wants you to be. Number three is when we try to change everything at once. When we try to change everything at once. How many of you know right now while I'm teaching this message, you got all kinds of stuff going through your mind. I need to be a better husband. I need to talk different. I need to think different. Oh, my God, I got to do different. I got to do different. Oh, man, I got to, you know, you got all these thoughts going through your mind. Here's what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 22 and 23. I want to go back to that opening scripture I read to you. It says, how long will you simple ones love your simple ways? Everybody say ways. I want you to catch that ways. And everybody in this place, including me, has ways. So not, not a way. You don't have one thing you need to change. You got a lot of things you need to change. I don't have one thing that I need to change. I got a lot of things that I need to change. I got a lot of things God is speaking to me about change. I got, I got ways and ways. And here's what happens is, is we start seeing all these weaknesses in our life, all these ways that we need to change. And there's so many things that get, can get so bombarded and into our mind that, that we get overwhelmed. We get overwhelmed. And it goes on to say this, how long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? If you had responded to my rebuke, and oftentimes God speaks to us in an area of our life. Oftentimes God doesn't speak to us in every area, but he speaks to us in an area or two areas or three areas about changing. And it's all about will we respond to when God is speaking. And I believe God's speaking to you about an area, a specific area. If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you. Wow. And made my thoughts known to you. I would have blessed you. I would have given you favor. I would have helped you accomplish the dreams that I laid upon your heart. But here's what happens. Many people get so overwhelmed wanting to change everything that they don't change anything. And here's what I want you to know. Today, God is not trying to change everything about you. But he is trying to change something about you. Listen, I, I've been serving God for, for 20 plus years, living for God, serving God, preaching the gospel for, for almost 20 years. And here's what I've known about my own life is that God has been changing me since I became a follower of Christ. Week after week, month after month, year after year. Now that I've been serving God 20 plus years, 
God is still changing me. I have not arrived yet. He'll be, I will be in process to become more like Jesus Christ year after year, year after year, week after week, day after day, until I get to heaven, until God calls me home. I'm in process. I'm in process. God is changing me. And now, 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 there were some things back when I first got saved that God convicted me about. I don't deal with those issues anymore. But, but I never even thought about changing the things that I'm changing now. It wasn't even in my mind. I was stuck on, I got to quit sleeping around with women and I got to quit listening to that kind of music. I wasn't thinking about, you know, I wasn't thinking about, you know, of course I wasn't married, but I wasn't thinking about how do I treat my wife even better? How do I get more discipline in this area of my life? I mean, I wasn't even convicted about those things. I was over here dealing with this. And the next year I was dealing with something else and then I was dealing with something else. And it's been a problem. And what what I'm trying to say is God didn't try to change everything about me all at once. But he said, Herbert, here's the next step. You want to accomplish the dream? You want to accomplish the goal I have for you for this year? Change this. Herbert, you want to, this year, you want, you want to go to the next level? Herbert, as a father, here's some things, you got some lack of patience issues. You need to deal with it. Herbert, as a husband, you got some issues right here. Got some issues. You have an attitude here with your wife. You, you, you need to change that. You, you, you don't, don't, Herbert, Herbert, don't keep exiting off a memorial. Think you're going to get to Britain. Change it. And, and I'm convinced about it. I know I need to change it. And so, so God deals with us in bite-sized pieces. And if you try to change everything, you know what happens? You end up changing nothing. Here's what I want to do in your bulletin, on the back of your bulletin. I want you to grab that if you have it with you right now. Here's the question for you. Here's your application. What two areas is God leading you to change? What two areas? I want you to write that down today. What two areas? Not 15 areas, not 100 areas. The dream that God has given you for 2012. What two areas do you need to change this year? What is God speaking to you about? What is he rebuking you about this year? Jot that down. Jot that down. If you don't know yet, continue to pray. As we're praying and fasting this week, seeking the Lord, I want you to get along with God. Say, God, what do you want to change in me this year? You have a dream for me. You have a vision for my life, for my marriage, for for my parenting, for for my kids, for my workplace, for my career, for my finance, for my faith. What do you want to change in me this year? What what two things? Jot that down. God's not going to try to change everything, but he is going to try to say something to get you further along in the journey to accomplish the dream that he has for your life. Two things. And then the next one you see there is be specific. Be specific. In other words, I want you to be specific about how you're going to change those two areas. Be specific. And and what I want you to do now is I want you to write down on how you're going to be specific on how you're going to change those two areas. Let me give you some examples. In other words, I don't want you to say, in 2012, I'm going to lose some weight. That's not good enough. I want you to say this. In 2012, I'm going to lose some weight by eating fruit in the morning, cutting back my portions, quit eating fried chicken and Taco Bell every day. Come on, I want you to be specific because it's not good enough to say, I'm just going to lose some weight this year. That's not good enough. You said that last year and it didn't work. You got to be specific. Matter of fact, last year, I want to lose some weight and I got specific and I wanted to drop some pounds and I started eating bananas, fruit in the morning. Started out doing some, milk, uh, some, some, some shakes, some healthy protein shakes. And then for most of the year, I ate one banana or two bananas in the morning. If I had a struggle money, sometimes three bananas, amen. But I, but I changed my diet. And I lost 10 pounds last year. Controlled my portion, changed my... Because you know what I used to eat in the morning? I used to eat cereal. And I didn't want no special K. Unless I had a cup of sugar in it. You know what I'm saying? So I, I had Frosted Flakes and Captain Crunch and Fruited Pebbles, amen. That's, kinda, that's what I used to eat for breakfast. And just changing that in my life 
help me drop pounds. I'm saying, be specific. Don't just say, I want to work out. That's not good enough. Pastor, I want to work out this year. That's not good enough. Say, I want to work out. Be specific. So I'm going to get up three days a week at 5.30 a.m., even when I don't feel like it. I'm going to tell somebody about it so they can hold me accountable. And I'm going to get up and I've got a workout DVD that I'm going to put in and work out. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to work out. Come on, be specific. That's what I said. Be specific. Don't, don't just say, I'm going to get out of debt this year. That's not good enough. I'm getting out of debt. No, 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 no. Be specific. Be specific. Don't say, I'm getting out of debt this year and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get myself on a budget. I'm going to figure out what I bring in, what I spend. And then what I'm going to do this year is I'm going to cut back eating out. I'm going to cut back buying clothes. I'm going to shave out another 100 or $200 a month. And I got this credit card that I owe $2,000 on. And this year, I'm going to pay off that credit card. Be specific. Pastor, I got this addiction in my life. I'm going to get over this addiction. Okay, that's great. That's great. That's great. That's the one thing God wants to change in your life. Be specific. Be specific. Pastor, I'm going to come out the closet and quit hiding. Nobody knows that I'm dealing with this. I'm going to let somebody know. Because the Bible says you confess your sins to one another, you will be healed. I'm going to get some help. Maybe it's like my friend in this video. I went to rehab. I'm going to go to rehab. I'm going to go to Team Challenge. I'm going to go to a place. I'm going to get, I'm going to get free. I'm going get, to get connected in, in church and small group. And I'm going to get free from this thing this year. Be specific. Don't just say this year, this year. I'm going to grow spiritually. I'm going to be more like Jesus. No, 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 no. That might be what God wants you to do is be more like Jesus. Grow spiritually. Be specific. Five days a week, I'm going to get up at 530. After I work out, I'm going to pray and read my Bible for 15 minutes. So at 6 o'clock until 6.15, I'm going to spend some time with God. I've never done that before. I'm going to do it five days a week. And I'm not going to get condemned if I miss a day. I'm going to pick right back up. I'm going to develop a habit in my life. I'm going to start praying and read my Bible. Pastor, I'm going to start coming to church regularly. Maybe that's you. You know, Pastor, I use it the first of the year. I get back a habit of church. And then by March, man, I'm down to once a month. And I see y'all on Easter. Then I see you at Christmas. But I'm, this year, this year's going to be different, Pastor. I'm making a commitment. I'm going to be specific. Church is going to be a part of my life. Praising God, worshiping, hearing his word. I'm just saying, be specific. Pastor, I want to change my marriage. I'm going to change. My marriage is going to be better in 2012. Be specific. How? Me and my wife, we're going to go on a date twice a week or once a week or twice a month or three times a month. Be specific. Be specific. Me, me and my wife, we're drifting apart in our communication and it has to get better. How are you going to do it? Be specific. Two times a week, we're going to start talking. At nine o'clock at night, we're turning off the television, even at the Thunder are playing. I'm going to talk to my wife. My wife is more important than the Thunder, except in the NBA playoffs. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm saying, be specific. God has more for you. God wants to do more in you and through you. But it starts by saying, I'm tired where I am. I'm tired of circling the same mountain. I'm tired of this same addiction. I'm tired of these same habits. I'm tired of this same sin. I'm tired of this same thinking pattern. And this year, by the grace of God, by the power of God, I'm changing into the image of Jesus Christ in this area of my life so that I can move forward and accomplish the dream that God has for me in 2012. Amen.